What is up everyone, it's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be talking about some deep dive waiver wire targets that you guys should be keeping your eyes on. These are players who may be able to make an impact in your lineup sometime down the stretch, maybe in the fantasy playoffs, later on in the season. And these are players who are probably gonna be available in your league. Assuming you're playing in like the standard 12 team league, if the league is fairly competitive, there's a pretty decent chance your waivers are pretty picked through at this point. There's probably not a ton of solid options. So these are gonna be players who are rostered in 20% or fewer leagues using the ESPN waiver wire. So we are kind of diving deep with some of these guys. Going to talk about some running backs, some wide receivers, and then a couple of tight ends. If you guys enjoy the video, just do me a huge favor and smash that like button. But let's start off with the running back position. And I will say right at the top, there are not going to be any running backs rostered in 20% or fewer leagues that you're going to feel comfortable just throwing into your lineup right away, right? These are all going to be handcuffed guys who have some upside if the starter gets injured ahead of them. But I do think these are some of the top guys that you should be looking to add. Like I said, you're not going to find great running backs just sitting out there on the waiver wire. But if an injury occurs, these players could all be like running back twos at worst. And that's very valuable. You could go from just having this handcuff on your bench to all of a sudden having a solid player in your lineup. So I do think these guys have some upside. And we're going to start it off here with Kenneth Gainwell. He's rostered in 19.5% of leagues. So just kind of made the cut there. And he's locked in as the Eagles clear cut running back two. He's taken 30% or more snaps in every single game he's played in this season. And the Eagles clearly do like Kenneth Gainwell. Even though DeAndre Swift is their clear starter at this point, he was their locked in RB1 in week one. And it's possible that he only lost that starting job due to injury. Now, I think everyone would probably agree that uh, DeAndre Swift is the better option, but the Eagles felt comfortable enough rolling with Kenneth Gainwell as their RB1 heading into the season. We look at DeAndre Swift. He's been very healthy this season, but he has missed three games in all three of his NFL seasons. So he has missed some time in his NFL career. If DeAndre Swift were to go down, get injured, miss a game for whatever reason, I think at worst, Kenneth Gainwell would be like a weekly RB2. Rashad Penny has just been a complete non-factor this season. And then Boston Scott really hasn't even been filtering in. It's been DeAndre Swift leading this backfield. And then Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell's also been in on some important opportunities. He's gotten some goal line carries. So like I said, the Eagles feel comfortable with Kenneth Gainwell. If Swift were to go down, I think Gainwell steps into a great role. He can catch passes. I really do feel like he's one of the more valuable handcuffs in the league and he's just not being treated like it based on his uh, roster percentage. Now, the next guy, much more of a deeper dive, we're going to go Rico Dowdle, rostered in 3.2% of leagues, and I feel like he's one of the more overlooked handcuff running backs. He's taken the RB2 snaps in six of the Cowboys' seven games. I think the one other week was a uh, Deuce Vaughn game, but six of the seven, Dowdle has been that RB2 guy. We have Tony Pollard averaging almost 20 opportunities a game, which is by far the largest workload of his career. Is he going to be able to you know, maintain that workload over the entire season? If he goes down, I think Dowdle would likely slide in as the lead back. Now, not saying he's going to come in and take that exact Tony Pollard workload. It would probably be some sort of split with Deuce Vaughn, but I would imagine he would be leading that backfield if Pollard did suffer an injury. Another one of these handcuff backs, Tank Bigsby, he has taken the running back two snaps in seven of the Jaguars eight games. He was a day two pick. He's a rookie. We have Travis Etienne currently averaging the fourth most points per game at the running back position, and he's averaging 23.3 opportunities per game. So a very, very strong workload out of their running back one. There are going to be lots of touches up for grabs if Travis Etienne were to go down. It would probably turn into some sort of split with Tank Bigsby. 
Um, you got Dearness Johnson there. I think you have Jamichael Hasty there also, but he's been a healthy scratch in a lot of games. But if I had to give one of these guys the edge, I feel like it would be Tang Bigsby would have the best opportunity to lead this backfield if Travis Etienne did get injured. And then the final kind of duo of running backs here, it's going to be the Bills backs. So we have Latavius Murray rostered in 18.8% of leagues and then uh, playoff Lenny rostered in 10.2% of leagues. So the Bills just went out. They slide Leonard Fournette. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen, but there were some pictures of him at practice looking absolutely jacked. Dude's entering the competition with A.J. Dillon for some of the uh, biggest thighs in the NFL. But looking at this Bills running back room, they clearly don't seem 100% sold on James Cook. I mean, he's splitting work with Latavius Murray. You would think they drafted him in the second round. Latavius Murray is, what, 33, 34 years old? You would think James Cook would be operating as the clear-cut running back one. And while he is the clear RB1 in terms of the opportunities, it's not like he's running away with this backfield. So Latavius Murray was kind of like the clear handcuff before they added Leonard Fournette. Um, To be totally honest, Fournette really hasn't looked great over the past two seasons. He's looked pretty cooked pretty much ever since the uh, Super Bowl run with the Bucs. But, you know, he's been out. He hasn't been playing this season. He's going to be fresh heading into that Bills running back room. And so a James Cook injury could really just, you know, turn this backfield into a free-for-all. Latavius Murray could end up leading it. Leonard Fournette could come in, make an impact. Um, Fournette can catch passes. He could be a red zone guy. He's a big body back. So I think both these guys have some value if James Cook were to go down. It'll be interesting to see how involved Leonard Fournette is, um, you know, over the next few weeks. But now we're going to pivot over to the wide receiver position, talk about some of these deep dives. We're going to start off with Michael Wilson. He's currently only rostered in 7.9% of leagues, and he's one of these rookie wide receivers who has already flashed some talent early on in his career. It seems like at this point, he's solidified the wide receiver two role for the Cardinals. He has an 83% or higher snap share over the last three games. And then he has 55 or more receiving yards in five of the eight games this season. I mean, for a rookie wide receiver on a pretty bad offense with a backup quarterback, that's pretty impressive production to be making that sort of impact in your rookie season. So I feel like with Kyler coming back, he could be a legit option moving forward. He has a pretty high A dot. Kyler has some seasons being really impressive throwing the ball deep. So I feel like Michael Wilson probably is the best opportunity of all these wide receivers I'm talking about to really kind of make an impact in your fantasy football lineups. And then getting the boost of the quarterback coming back, plus just the fact that he could go on one of these later season rookie runs, I definitely feel like he should be rostered in way over 20% of leagues. Now the next wide receiver, it's going to be another rookie, Demario Douglas, uh, rostered in 14.6% of leagues, six round rookie from the Patriots. And he's a guy who had showed a few flashes here, there early on in the season, but he was in a very, very limited role in terms of his snaps and routes. But we saw a snap share jump up to 62% in week seven and then up to 77% in week eight. He's commanded 13 targets over the past two weeks. And just looking at this Patriots wide receiver room, Kendrick Bourne, who had been operating as their wide receiver one, out for the season with a torn ACL. They have Juju, who they signed in the offseason, but he's been pretty brutal, pretty much a non-factor in this offense. You have Devontae Parker, who has one single game with more than two receptions, so he also hasn't been overly involved. But these are the guys who have been getting the routes for the Patriots. There is an opportunity for Douglas to step in here and be their clear-cut wide receiver one in terms of his production. He actually has the 19th highest target rate in the NFL, so when he's been on the field, he's commanding targets. I don't think that target rate is going to stick with like a full-time role, but he has shown an ability to command targets, 
They need some weapons to kind of emerge here. He has some juice, pretty athletic guy. I think he's an interesting pickup rest of season with the injury to Kendrick Bourne. Um, behind him, we're going to have another rookie. It's Jonathan Mingo, rostered in 8.5% of leagues, a second round rookie with the Panthers. And he's a guy who's been a full-time starter through six games. He hasn't had a situation like some of these other wide receivers, Douglas Michael Wilson, where they haven't been like full-time starters over the entire season. Aside from the one game where he left early, I think it was a concussion. He has been a locked-in starter for them. Bryce Young seems to be playing a little bit better. Panthers offense as a whole maybe is improving at this point. And I do think just being a rookie and the role he has, he has the opportunity to have one of these later season breakouts. We have a guy like Adam Thielen who has really struggled, at least, you know, looking back to last season, it seemed like he was done. A lot of people thought he was cooked, including myself. He's gone out and been a huge fantasy option. So I do think Mingo has a chance to be a pretty big factor in this offense down the stretch. And then the final wide receiver is going to be Khalil Shakir, probably the deepest dive um, at the wide receiver position here. He's only rostered in 2.3% of leagues, and he was a rookie last season, and he was kind of operating out of the slot. So he had one game where he... Um, you know, was legit locked into that role. But other than that, he was kind of just playing behind Isaiah McKenzie, who had that slot role. But heading into this season, they moved him outside as like a depth option behind Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. Early in the season, the wide receiver three role, like that slot wide receiver spot, had been pretty useless for the Bills because they were using Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox out there together. So the wide receiver three you know, wasn't getting a ton of snaps. That was Deontay Hardy um, early on in the season. But we saw Dawson Knox go to IR. I believe he had a surgery on his wrist. And we saw Khalil Shakir step in and take over as the slot wide receiver in week eight. So it's no longer Hardy having that role. They gave it over to Khalil Shakir. And we saw a snap share up to 65%. He caught six passes for 92 yards. We saw last season that wide receiver three role did have some fantasy value, especially earlier on in the season. We had uh, Shakir have one game above a 50% snap share. He went three for 75 with a touchdown. McKenzie had a couple games with 20 plus PPR points. It's also possible Dawson Knox misses more than like the minimum four games. So that injury could kind of, you know, carry on. And Shakir is someone who maybe can give you some decent fantasy points. I think he's definitely someone who's worth a look in like deeper leagues. If you're in like a 10, 12 team league, he's probably not going to be super viable, but just someone to keep an eye on at this point to kind of just look out for in this Bills offense. And then we've got two tight ends to close out this video, starting it off with Michael Mayer, rostered in just under 5% of leagues. He's seen a strong increase in his usage over the last three weeks. Early on in the season, he was pretty much like splitting routes 50-50 with Austin Hooper. He broke out in week six, five receptions for 75 yards. And then he kind of was in a similar spot in week seven, didn't necessarily have the production to go along with it. But then his rock participation jumped up to over 80% here in week eight. If the Raiders can get some sort of competent quarterback play, I do think Michael Mayer is someone interesting moving forward. A young rookie starting to break out. He had that solid game. Now if we can get Aiden O'Connell playing some decent football, even like below average quarterback play, we just can't have it be terrible then Michael Mayer could become interesting. And then another rookie tight end, Luke Musgrave, rostered in 18.1% of leagues. He's a tight end who has had great usage all season long, especially for a rookie. You know, typically rookies struggle to break out. They struggle to lock down those starting spots. Hasn't really been an issue for the rookies this season. Guys like Laporta, Dalton Kincaid balling out, Michael Mayer starting to take over. But for Musgrave here, he had that role locked in early on, something that Mayer and Kincaid did not have. 
he just hasn't really come through with those opportunities. So his route participation is nice. The points just haven't been there. But I do think looking at his roster percentage here at 18.1, in this range of tight ends, it's going to be tough to find players who are like full-time starting tight ends, running routes. Plus the fact that he's a rookie, if he can hold on to his usage, he does have the opportunity to get better, produce you know more in the second half of the season. So those are going to be some of my deep dives on the waiver wire. Hopefully if you guys are in deeper leagues, um, you know, you're able to go out, snag some of these guys, add them to your roster. If you're not, you know, just kind of understand who these players are, potentially look out for them if they do start to break out. That's going to wrap it up for this one. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.